Okay, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. This message is from Pastor Michael Hernandez of Reclaim Church in Hutto, Texas, and a message he's entitled, You Are the Light, But We Are the City. Enjoy this message. Reach, reach Paramount, I love it, I love it. Reach Paramount. It's, prof- it's so prophetic, isn't it? Reach Paramount. Now you guys can go ahead and have a seat. I, I feel like I'm here a lot, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like there was at one point where it's like, oh, cool, he's back. And now it's like, okay, you're here a lot, you know? Um, I, I tease Isaiah, uh, Pastor Omar's son, who's, who's, who's with us in Hutto. I'm like, bro, you're in California like every three weeks, dude. Like, you're always taking these vacations. So he asked for a shout out. So there it is, Isaiah. There's your shout out. Oh, man, I'm just excited to be here. Uh, I was, uh, we were down here for some conference stuff. It's, it's, it's go time. It's crunch time. And so, um, man, if, if I seem a little bit tired, it's because I feel like it's 10 o'clock and I'm ready to, you know, put my kids to sleep, get them to sleep and then, you know, maybe play some Warzone. I'm kidding. I'll go to, I go to bed, you know, so I go pray before I sleep, you know. No, um, man, it's good to be here. So I'm, I just want to share real quick about what's going on in our church. Man, it's crazy. Pastor Moore said we've been launched for two years. And when, he, when I heard two years, it was like, oh, my gosh, it's only been two years technically like a year and a few months because of COVID, right? You take that whole thing out and no, but we've been out there for two years and guys, I'm telling you, God is doing a tremendous work. Those of you who have been praying for us and, and, and you know, encouraging us, it, it means so much. Um, you know, I, want, I just want to share briefly what, what's been happening. Um, at the beginning of 2021, um, we, we just, you know, we're just doing what God's called us to do. We're loving people. We're being obedient to the Lord. Um, we're letting the spirit move in our church just, just like you guys do. And, and, you know, time is not our God, right? God is, God is our God, and we, we run church like that. Um, and, and we've been just doing what we do. And over the last few months, we've seen significant growth in our church. And now numbers, you know, when we talk about numbers, I, I feel like I, don't, I shouldn't even apologize for this. But things that are healthy will grow, right? And so what, what I don't take credit for what God's doing in our church because it's not my church, it's his right? And so I want to share with you what he's done just in six, or what are we, in seven months now. January, going into January, our church was running about 40 to 50 people. And throughout 2020, we were were fluctuating between low 40s, high 50s. That was kind of our, um, you know, our breaking. And we had a goal set for 2020, which was we want to hit 120 by the end of the year. And what we did when we entered into 21 is we kind of shifted all of our goals that we had in 2020 and we put them at the end of 2021. And just in these last seven months, our church went from 40 to 50 to 60 to 70 to 80 to 90. Last Sunday, we broke 120 people in our church. It is, and listen, it's not slowing down. It is, this is, we've made some changes and and the Lord has really encouraged us. We actually knocked down the wall of our sanctuary. We doubled our sanctuary space. We put, we're putting 150 seats in our church. We doubled our kids' church space. And listen, as soon as we knocked the wall down, the people started rolling in and rolling in. And it's just been an incredible time. And, and it's amazing what we're, what's happening out there is because when people come to our church, I make it very clear, our church is not for you. It's for him. And if, if you're looking for a church that's here to serve you, you've come to the wrong place. And they keep coming. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, 
because people are just, it's, it's kind of, it's evident what God is doing in the earth today is that people are just desperate. We're not desperate for religion. We're not desperate for church. We're not desperate for corporate churches. We're desperate for the presence of the Lord and we will go where he is. And so God has been doing a, a great work in our church. Obviously it's me and my wife, Jessica, of course, most of you know her and she's watching online, babe. I miss you. I love you. I can't wait to be home. Um, um, my, my, I have four kids now. I have Liam, who's six years old. I've got Rylan, who's four, actually going on like 17. Um, I have, she's, you guys would just, if you were to sit down and talk and have one conversation with her, you would forget she's four years old. Um, I, I have my, my third son, his name is, is Lucas. We call him Luke, Lucas Dukas and Luke Dukes and Papas and and I miss that kid so much. I love him. That, that's, that's my little boy right now. He's my guy. He's like in the, my favorite age stage right now. Um, I love him so much. And then we have our newest addition, baby Emery. She is, I'm going to, a couple of months, or, you know, give or take. Um, by, the, by the fourth one, you kind of just forget, right? Like when they turn a year, then you celebrate. It's no more. She's 36 weeks old, you know what I mean? Or 36 months old, you know? You got to stop that at some point. Um, but my family, we're out there uh, doing what God has called us to do. And this is our, this, I would say this is our, it's like coming back to our parents' house. And, uh, you know, you know, when you go to your parents' house, you go to the, the cupboards and you start to look for stuff that you could take home. And so I was looking through the sound area and looking through the media booth. And I'm like, you guys need those things? And I get it's just it's a good thing that I'm states away because I got to ship everything so I can't just take stuff <laughs> but I'm going to be in the book of Ephesians today but before I get there I want to read out of the book of Matthew and we're going to talk about uh, something very important I think especially for the season that you guys are in as a church Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 through 16 says you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the room. Or excuse me, uh, I looked at the time, I shouldn't have done that. To all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The title of my message today is very simple. It's, you are the light, but we are the city. You are the light, but we are the city. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, I pray that my thoughts, my opinions would not be what I preach. Lord, let everything that I say be led by your spirit and founded on your word. I pray, God, that out of any, anybody, God, in the room, I, I'm not here to please one person, just you, Lord. Lord, we don't care what people think about us, God. We, we live for an audience of one. And so, Lord, I give that to you today. Lord, I thank you for the privilege it is to preach your word, God. I thank you that you've loved me and you've forgiven me and you've called me. Lord, I don't take it for granted. So I pray I'd honor you with this gift, God. I pray that I'd honor you with what I do today. Let everything that I do please your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You're good. Like, you're good at the piano. And you're also good. You can, you can step down. kidding i'm kidding oh my goodness <laughs> ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 through 10 says this for you were once darkness but now you are light you are light in the lord 
Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10 says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. The Lord has brought me, me and my wife through this, through these, these last three weeks. We've, we've gone through this change. And it's, you know how when you're doing something and you love what you're doing, but you're kind of like, man, you're kind of struggling along the way, but you're doing it. You love people. You love what you're doing. But it's, anybody ever been in those seasons where it's a little bit difficult? Yeah? So we were in that, and we're running, and we're going, and we're working. I felt just burned out. God, what's going on, man? I'm just, I just feel burned out. And the Lord has brought me to this place where I feel rejuvenated and ready to run, ready to go. And I, I, it's, it's like this urgency from the spirit of what's happening in the world. Uh, and it's, it's this urgency not just to, to preach the gospel, but to be efficient with the giftings that we've received. And, and I have this urgency in my heart, and the, 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 as, as he's putting me through this, he's brought me to, to this conclusion in my life that, that I've said this before, and I, and I thought that I meant it, but something has happened over the last couple of weeks that my, my, my phrase in life, the, the, what I live by, ha, has become, I can sum it up in, in one phrase. And the phrase is this, and I even teach it to our church, I'm praying that it becomes the DNA of the house in Hutto. I pray that it becomes the DNA of the families that come to our church. And I preach this and I believe this and I want, I'm doing my best to live this way with, within this phrase that says, whatever it takes to please the Lord. That I'm not, I'm not honestly, like I'm standing up here and I, 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 I love you all, but I really couldn't care less if I please you today. I don't care because I'm doing it for the Lord. No, I'm not gonna bash you, right? <laughs> I'm not just gonna be mean. I don't care. I, it's not that I don't care about you. It's I only care about his opinion about my life. And so I will do whatever it takes to please the Lord. And I pray that this becomes the DNA of our church, the DNA of Christians today. That we would stop living for the followers and we'd stop posting for the, the comments and we'd stop, you know, trying to please every family member that we have. And, and we would just say, you know, no, no, no. You know what? I got I to gotta make it simple. Whatever it takes to please the Lord. And I find it interesting in Ephesians that, that as, you, as you walk in this calling that God has given you, it's not that you're just trying to figure it out. But as you walk with the Lord, you are finding out what is acceptable to God. That, that it's a natural thing in your life as you walk close to Him. That you're able to discern if it pleases Him or not. And so... What's, what's happening within this church and, and even with Pastor Omar and, and, and the leadership here is, is they've made a move. And within this move of changing the name, and, I, and I, I believe, and I was talking to Pastor Isaac about this, that I believe there's going to be even bigger changes to coming to the church. But the truth is this, and, and, and I feel like I can say this with complete confidence because, I, I mean, I was raised here, right? Is that... They're going to move not to please the crowd, but they're going to move to please the Lord. And if, if you're not careful, you could miss what God is doing because you're hoping that the church would please you. Is this good? <laughs> Amen? All right. Can you help me out today? I feel like I can only drink water when you say Amen. And, and I like to drink a lot of water, so, amen? 
So where, where God is bringing this church, what's happening in this church is that you're, you're going to another level to do something different, to accomplish more. How, 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 I always forget the amount of years. It's what, 30 years, 30 plus years since Paramount has been here? 32 years. And it's just getting started. Right? Isn't that insane? I think that's crazy. But where God, where God is taking you, you have to go together. There has to be a unity within the body. If we ever really want to make a true difference in the world, we, ha- we cannot go alone. Amen? If you ever really want to reach your potential in the Lord, you can't do it by yourself. Isolation makes you weak and weird. Isolation makes you weak and weird. Where God is taking you, you cannot go by yourself. And if you feel like your pace is faster than your leadership, it's probably not your pace, but your pride. That's not even in my notes. That was good. That was a good one. You can't go alone. You need people to go with you. See, the early church, what's amazing is how much they accomplished without any cell phones, without any live stream equipment, without any, um, you know, without the HD 4K. They did it without Matthew. How did they do that? I don't get it. Um, but they, they, they accomplished these things and they were still reaping the benefits of their purpose today. And they were able to accomplish it not by means of working alone, but working together. They were not competing with one another, but they were, they were running together. So I'd encourage you today, don't let division win. Matthew 3, excuse me, Mark 3, 24, Jesus gives us his truth that if a kingdom is divided against itself, it cannot stand. And when I talk about division, I'm not just talking about this church. I'm speaking about division in the church. I think I've shared this before, but you know what irritates me so much about social media? Is when I see people arguing, it's always Christians against Christians. That's so annoying. Some of you guys are like, oh, yeah, that's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, who would do that? Not me. <laughs> I don't care if you're a Calvinist. Oh, man, should I not have said that? Was that a bad word? I, don't, I, don't, I really don't care about that stuff. It doesn't, I, don't, I don't care. Are you going to heaven? Do you know Jesus? Are you walking as a child of God? Because that's what matters to me. I'm not going to sit here and argue with Christians about pointless things because that's what the devil wants. We have to stop fighting the wrong people. You're just fighting. You're fighting amongst the same kingdom. You wonder why you're not advancing. It's because you're, 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 not, you're, you're just fighting things that have nothing to do with what God has called you to do. That has nothing to do with your eternal purpose. I don't want division to win. You know, at our, at, at our church, and I, and, I, and I know that this is the same heart of this church, there are churches in our area that I, I, I give monthly from my church to theirs. When we were having our vision nights, at, um, when we first opened the church, I was asking people if they would like to attend another church that I knew of. Not, not because I wasn't confident in what God was doing in our church, but because I was confident that I'm not competing with the church down the street. But we're on the same team, 
operating for the same purposes. We, we, I, I'm a church, we are a church plant. I remember when we were, um, when we, we had, I don't even think we had launched it, and the Lord, we didn't have a lot of money, and the Lord told me to give a significant amount to another church that was planting the same time that we were. I gave it to them, because we're not competing. I'm not fighting them. I want them to succeed because their success is my success. You know, and, and that's easy to do when you're talking about other churches, but it's hard to do when you're talking about the person sitting across from you. Amen? Okay, you guys get it. We'll move on. There was a high price that was paid for your unity. There was a high price that was paid for our unity. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, uh, blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption. I want you to remember that. He's predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to break this down as best I can. Rob, please don't judge me, okay? Okay, just let me, I'm going to do my best. You can send me an email with all the corrections, okay? I'll, I will gladly receive it. <laughs> but what Paul is, is he's writing to, to these churches, and we have to remember this, this is important, is that the book of Ephesians was not written to one specific church. It's what you would call a circular letter. There were many churches in the area that Paul was writing to because there was an important truth that he was trying to teach these churches. And the reason he was writing to these specific churches with this specific letter is because in that area, it was many Jews and Gentiles coming together to be a part of one church. Is that right? Okay. That's right. See, I read. (laughs) So Paul is revealing to them where there was once a divide between Jew and Gentile. Paul is revealing to them through this letter the unity they now share. And in the book of Ephesians, as we read, we see that, in fact, the the unity that they now have was paid for by the cross. So what once divided them, Jesus went to the cross, died for the sins of the world, and as he did that, he broke down the division among the people. Because there was, a, there was a literal division. You know in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 11 verse 15. I think I will jump down to, let's just read 15 through 18. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. And overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, it is, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, this is what is happening. It's very, very significant what is happening in the scripture. Jesus is not going throughout the whole temple and doing this. There is a literal divide in the temple. In one section, the Gentiles worshiped together. In the other section, the Jews worshiped together. There was that literal division Right, And so Jesus comes in and what's happening because of, the, because of the amount of people that are visiting the area, the Jews, the ones who run the temple, had allowed the money changers into the Gentile side of the temple. So it wasn't the entire temple. They just said, yeah, if you're going to sell, you're going to sell in this place. 
right? Kind of like, hey, they're not as good as us, so sell it on their side. You following me? Amen? I need water. Come on, amen. I'm just kidding. I really do need some water, though. So now Jesus comes in, and he starts flipping the tables, and what does he say? He says, is it not written that my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations? In, that, in the Old Testament, what was happening is all of the nations, not just the children of Israel, were to come to the, to, to the temple of God to experience the presence of God. And so Jesus is now teaching them. That's why he's so angry. He's not necessarily angry that there was, they were just selling. He's angry at where they were selling and the division that was happening among the church. And he's coming in now and he's saying, listen, what's going to change when I die and rise again is where there is division, all nations will be welcomed. So Jesus is paying the price for our unity together. He, he, he thought it's so important that you and I should be counted as one that he went to the cross. So what is the purpose of this unity? This is, this is incredible. Okay, I, I, Listen, when I was reading the scripture, it, it was like, as I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm a little bit dyslexic, right? I can't like think and write at the same time. You know, you know you, do you ever write something and then you look at what you writ, wrote, wrote? See, I can't even talk right. Look, you look at what you wrote and you're like, what, did, what does that say? Like, why did I write that? I don't know. So I'm reading this, and I, as I was reading and studying, there was so much information that I didn't even know what to write. I was just like, like, oh my gosh, how do I say this? So I thought it was incredible. Okay, here we go. Purpose of our unity is this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17 through 22. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So now he's saying, listen, you, you that were far away, that weren't really welcomed, you have to understand, Jew and Gentile, you have to understand this, that they were not citizens, but now they are. They were not welcomed, but now they are welcomed in. And, and, and not only are they welcomed in, but they are members of the household of God. Thank God for that, right? Because we're all Gentiles. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place for God. So he's teaching us that Every individual, as you come together and you, you set aside your differences and you get over your ego and your pride, and as you come together, what you're doing is you are building a house together. That individuals are coming individually and building something in unity. And what's so significant about what we build as believers, what's so significant about what we build within our unity is we together are literally becoming a dwelling place for the Spirit of God on the earth. That's, that's good, right? I, I thought it was incredible. I'm reading, I'm like, oh my gosh. That he's fighting for unity because when, when we come together, we are literally a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. No wonder the devil tries so hard to divide. Right? No wonder he tries so hard to get you offended. No wonder he tries so hard to get you upset. No wonder he tries so hard to make you think people are saying things about you and they're really not. Because if he can divide the church, he can split up the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. Our unity has purpose. 
It matters that we work together. It's important. Why? Because not only did he pay the price for it, but he purposed our unity. And so what do, what do we do when we come together? Yes, we, we are dwelling place for the Lord, but ultimately what we do in unity is we glorify God. In unity together, we glorify God, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. Can I get somebody up here for, for music? Anybody? Anybody. I mean, somebody's like, I'll do it. <laughs> Just a musician. Thank you. Appreciate it. Is it too soon? You're not expecting that one? Okay. Thank you. So for the glory of God. Okay, now this one, when I, when I saw this, like, if he, now I'm going to get into practicality in just a minute, okay? But I, but I want to get through this first. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. Now remember, Paul is talking about unity, right? He's talking about the church coming together for one purpose, to be a dwelling place for the Lord, Okay? That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God. Who created all things through Christ Jesus. So he's like, listen, there's this, there's this unity together. There's this fellowship with one another. That's been a mystery. Right? Obviously it was a mystery because nobody, nobody accepted it or understood it. So Paul is saying there's, there's this mystery that needs to be revealed. And, and, and he's basically saying... For some reason, like God revealed it to me. And now I've been commissioned to reveal it to you. Right? And this in verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known. Not to the church. Okay? That the manifold wisdom of God would be made known by the church. Amazing. Okay. To the intent that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known, not to us, but by us, to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places. Angels. He's saying, listen, Jesus paid such a high price for you to stop being so divided that you would come together and become a dwelling place for the Lord on the earth, right? I, there's going to be a time where I'm not going to dwell in temples made by hands but I'm going to dwell within their hearts. And so Paul is revealing this truth to the church. And he's saying, listen, together when you come, when you finally, you finally get over yourself, when you finally start getting to understand what, what is actually happening among you, that there is no Jew or Gentile, that there is no slave or free, that, that your race, yeah, we, it doesn't really matter. When You know, you know it's an interesting scripture that I can't recall off the top of my head. But when Jesus says, all nations... Once he says all races in another, in another one, there's one scripture where he says one race. Because, and then the Jews got really upset because he was throwing them in with all the Gentiles. But what he was saying is there's going to be a time where you come together and it doesn't matter where you're from, but it matters where you are. Right? And so he's teaching them this truth. He's saying the manifold wisdom of God would be made known not to us, but by us into heavenly places right that angels in heaven that are seeing this happen they're seeing the manifold sovereign wisdom of God that okay I understand what you were doing this whole time and it's not being revealed in the sense in heaven 
the wisdom of God is being revealed on the earth by the church to the heavens. Isn't that incredible? That's crazy. Then it says, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. The purpose, the thing that was planned out through all eternity is revealed not to you, but by you. That the angels could look down and say, oh, I see what he paid for. Isn't that amazing? Our unity displays the wisdom of God and gives him glory. There's a purpose to our unity. And so now Paul is saying, listen, I, I want to teach you all of these things. And then he goes into chapter four and you got to look at it like this. Chapters one through three, you can consider them principles or doctrines. But as soon as we get into to chapter four, he goes into practice, okay? So it's important that, you, that we understand what he's teaching the church. And then he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. I've revealed to you the, the importance of the purpose that you've been called to. And now he's saying, I'm begging you that you would stop messing around and begin to walk worthy of who you are. You know, in, in Romans chapter 12, when it says, do not be conformed to this world, right? We, all the youth ministries used to love that scripture. You know when he's saying, do not be conformed? He's not necessarily saying, like, stop acting like the world and stop act, start acting like a Christian. What he's saying by the word conform is he's saying, stop acting like something you're not. Meaning, stop acting like the world because you're not, you're not of that. And now he's saying, you've been called by God with a divine purpose. Now walk worthy of that purpose. I'm so grateful that I've been forgiven. I'm so grateful that I've been saved. I'm so grateful that I'm not who I used to be. Some of us will say that and we'll believe it, but we, we, we slightly believe it because we still attach ourselves to the past. And the problem is when you attach yourself to the past, you begin to live like the past. And what Paul is encouraging is saying, listen, you've been called for something special. Walk worthy of that calling. So we've all come, we've all been, been grafted into this body. Okay, and I'm gonna kind of close it here. Where's the timer? Okay, I got, Renee's pointing it out to me. Thank you, Renee. Hey, shouldn't you, shouldn't you be on your boat? <laughs> so he's saying, so, okay, so, oh no, no, I got a notification, I lost it, oh no. Now I gotta start over, <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> so he's teaching this, right? What is he teaching? What have we learned? That we all come together to create one body, right? We once were divided because of our sin, but because of the blood of Jesus, we've been grafted into the household and we've become members of God, right? We become, we become all of us, we're all family members of the Lord. So he's teaching us this, this truth of unity. You are all together creating one body. But then he jumps to this in, in verse seven of chapter four. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. But to each one, Almost as if to say like, okay, yes, yes, you are, you are one together. But each individual 
has been gifted. You are one together, but each individual has been gifted. We are united as one, but, you, but still uniquely gifted as individuals. Each one of us has been, been given a gift, not just to sit down in our seats, but we've been given a gift to edify the body. Right? So if you're coming in here and you're like, man, I really like, I almost said praise chapel. I really like Reach Paramount, man. I love it because I get to go to the altar and I feel the goosebumps, right? Like I love it. <laughs> right? I think it's great. And that's all you get, then you've missed it. If all you get is goosebumps or emotion, then you've missed your purpose of the body. Because all of us like to receive from the body, but it's a little bit more difficult to give to the body. So each one of us has been gifted. So you're, you're united as one, but uniquely gifted as individuals. And every unique gift is there with a purpose to edify the body. First Corinthians 12, verse four through seven, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But listen to this. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Your gift is intentionally placed in your life not to edify yourself but to edify everyone around you. I want to jump to another scripture. Here you go. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read, I'm going to jump down to verse 15. Is this helping anybody today? But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. According to the effective work by which every part does its share. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. getting up I'm like is it something I said no. <laughs> from the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective work effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself it matters that you do your part If, if, if you're, you're here at this church just to get close to so-and-so, you've missed it. See, we get mad. We, are, we get irritated with celebrity pastors, but yet we treat every pastor like a celebrity. Because if I go to that church and he doesn't talk to me, then I'm gonna get upset. Why? Is God not talking to you? Is God not speaking to you? You know why we're like that? Can I be honest? Okay, I'm gonna come down there. Let me see what I got left. I'm almost done, perfect. You know, you know why we get upset? Because rarely do we come to church to edify somebody else. 
rarely, rarely, if ever, do we come to church to edify somebody else. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but how often have you said like, oh, I really need to get to church. I need a touch from God. And that's great. But if your only touch from God is at church, then you are not, you are not gifting the church. You're using the church. If the only touch of God you ever get in your life is in this building, then you, you, you are not walking with the Lord. You're experiencing Him in moments. Because we've made church like a refueling station for us. Go ahead. No, after you. We've made church like a refueling station for us. And listen, there's nothing, I get it, I get it, right? But this is, the issue is not that you get refilled at church. The issue is that you don't refill somebody else. That's the issue. The problem is not that you feel the presence of God. The issue is that you don't come to use your gifts to edify somebody else. You're waiting for everybody else to edify you. But if we would all come together and walk in our purpose, and who cares who talks to me? Who cares when somebody looks at me? I'm going to walk in my purpose. I'm going to edify somebody else. And then it says, if everybody would carry their own share, the body would grow to where it begins to edify itself. It's like this ecosystem of the church. I edify you, you edify me. I edify you, you edify me. It's this relational thing. But, but, you know, you, you can't, you cannot receive the, from the body if you're not a part of the body. And can I say this? You can be a part of a church, but not a part of the body. You can be a part of a community but not a part of the body. And we wonder why we feel left out sometimes. Wonder why we feel so lonely sometimes. Can I, can I say this? Everybody says church is not exclusive. It is. It's exclusive to the believer. The body of Christ is not something everybody can, everybody can't join it but you have to give your life to the Lord. You have to be grafted into the body. So if you want to receive from the body, you first have to be a part of the body. But we have to understand, guys, where you're going as a church, you, you, we have to get over old mindsets. That says, I'm only coming to church to, be, to, be, to receive. If, if you feel that way, you're selling yourself short of the gifts that God has put in your life. If you feel, because some of us, we hear stuff like that and we're like, nah, I have nothing to give. He created you with purpose and he's gifted you. The scripture says that by the spirit, these gifts are manifested in our life. Maybe the reason you haven't found your gifting is because you're not walking with the spirit. And that's not a knock on you. That's not saying like, oh, yeah, get, you, know, it's, you know, it's your fault, you know, you messed up. No, no, no. And I, I feel like that, that's, that's almost like the essence of what we do. Everything comes down to do you know him? Not do you know church? 
Not do you feel the goosebumps. Do you really know Jesus? Do you really walk with him? Are you overtaken by the Holy Spirit in your life? Or are you still kind of in and kind of out? You cannot be grafted into the body if you have one foot in the world. And together as a church, we can come and we can do something so special. That we would come in unity and please the Lord. Because in my life, I'll do whatever it takes to please the Lord. I'll forgive you when you offend me. Because it pleases God. I won't say things about somebody because I know if I keep my mouth shut, it'll please the Lord. I don't, I don't yell at my wife and say things to her because I know that if I, if I again, if I keep my mouth shut, that, that I'll save your marriage and it'll also please the Lord. I, I love my kids and I'm as patient as I possibly can be with them because it pleases the Lord. So I come to church to edify his bride. Not to take, 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 but I come to be a part of the body. Not just because it pleases the body, but because it pleases the Lord. See, you are the light, but together we are the city. And if, what does Jesus say? They'll know they're my, my followers, my disciples, by the way they love one another. So I'd call, I'd call you to that challenge today. That you'd go above and beyond to fight for unity. Because there's no, there's no way the enemy's just going to let you guys reach paramount without a fight. You've got to fight for unity. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. in the room and you don't know Jesus you're not walking with the Lord you're not saved you need to give your life to Jesus tonight listen it's not about a prayer it's not about just coming up here and repeating some words what I'm calling you to is is self-denial that you give up your rights and follow Jesus. That you give up everything within your life and follow Jesus. Salvation is a free gift from God. But Jesus says, if you want to find your life, or if you want to find your, you, you've, you've got to lose it. You've got to give it up. And so today you're in the room and you know, you know you haven't given your life fully to Jesus. You're still walking in any way that you want to walk. You're still doing whatever you want to do. The only difference now is that you're coming to church. But today you're saying, I want to give my life completely over to Jesus. My hopes, my dreams, all my plans, all my hobbies, my relationships, everything within my life, I'll give to Jesus. If that's you and you're tired of walking your own path and you want to follow the, the will of God for your life, 
I'm gonna ask you to do something easy just to raise your hand. I see that hand right there. Anybody else? Anybody else you wanna give your life to Jesus today? I see that hand in the front. Anybody else? He's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. I can see it on some of your faces. The Lord is talking to you. Don't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. So again, you, you feel that pooling on your heart. Simply raise your hand. Come on, he's talking to you. Anybody else? He's speaking to you. He's speaking to your heart. two that raised their hand. Could you guys stand to your feet, please? You raised your hand in the front, and somebody raised their hand in the third row. You raised your hand. Somebody raised your hand over here. Stand up. I'm going to ask you to come up here. Get out of your seat and come up here. Come on, praise God. We have some ladies in the church that are going to lead you in a prayer but the reason I wanted you to get up and it's a little bit challenging sometimes it feels a little weird but I'll tell you now that as you walk with the Lord you're going to have to stand up you're going to have to stand up to culture you're going to have to stand up to family you're going to have to stand up to friends but but I, I promise you when you walk with the Lord there's nothing better there's nothing better So they're going to lead you in a prayer. If you feel like, man, you're either just, maybe you're saying, man, I just want to fight for unity. Or maybe there's some things in your life that are causing division. Maybe there's some attitudes that you carry. So maybe it's pride. Maybe it's insecurity. But whatever it is, and you feel like, man, I really want to, I want to fight for unity. I want to make a difference in the body. I want to, I want to benefit my brother and my sister. If that's you, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Come on. And come pray. Come up to the altar. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.